When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 37. We're calling this one Box Set Disc 1. Tom, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm great. That sounds like a mystery episode. <laughs> Box Set Disc 1. Ooh. <laughs> What's in Disc 1? Yeah. Ooh. What's going on, partner? Nothing. Just, uh, we were just talking. I'm, uh, it's already turned around and it's hockey season i am missing a bruins preseason game and yes i am taping it but that's okay uh yeah i'm that much of a bruins hockey fan um kiss comes first well that's what happens though when you when you, when you live in a city full of winners like the patriots and the bruins the off seasons are very very short exactly and uh we're at that time of season it's more and more fall season i think by the time we episode next week it yep. will be the fall season. Uh, my favorite time of the year, Stonehill Memories. Oh, God. Yeah. We Where had a lot of uh, feedback. Speaking of Stonehill, yeah. we got a lot of feedback from last week when we had Murph uh, yeah. on yeah. with us. Yeah, most of the feedback was like, how does none of you know how to fucking count? <laughs> <laughs> I tried doing it again and like listening to the episode and figuring out, I think you won by one. <laughs> At least, <laughs> probably. I dozed off. I'm trying to listen again. I'm like, what, what was that again? Um, that was a lot of fun. Oh, um, great. Oh yeah, and we'll we'll do kiss trivia again with uh, our host Murph. And what's with him becoming like a pseudo celebrity? People love Murph. They love they love they love the Murph man. How can the you not? Loud seems to love him. Exactly. He's 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 popular. Yes, um, he does a great job for him. We love having him on. And uh, so, Murph, uh, we'll have you back on sooner enough as uh, you get a permission slip. You can come back on board. Yeah, Murph, enjoy that because that was probably the first and probably last time Zeus will give you a compliment and say something nice. (laughs) 
Yeah, but I love the kid. I don't, I don't, what is this perception that I shit on him all the time? Because you do. <laughs> you do. Exactly. No, I don't. Come on. We love Murph. Uh, we all do. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, speaking of that, we also got a lot of feedback on our nice um, kiss polls that we got going out there. Yeah. Well, right now. So the big Thursday uh, Team Zeus versus Team uh, Tom poll. So we're, we're recording on Thursday. So we put that one out in honor of the uh, solo albums, which we'll get into. So uh, we we knew what the results of this poll was going to be, but we had to put it out there. So we did Ace versus uh, Paul. Um, yeah, we knew that the Kiss fans out there are all wrong. I, I got to be honest with you, Zeus. Like, and I, I'll be honest with the uh, everybody out there in Kiss world. I, I I truly struggle with the overwhelming love for the Ace album. I, I get it. There's a lot of great songs on there. There are, but I don't understand why people really like dismiss Paul's album. Like, have have people listened to that recently? I, I don't get it. Yeah, I think that thing is, you know, it gets back to: is it cool to be a Paul Stanley fan? That's exactly or is it right. Cool to be an Ace Fraley fan. You nailed it. I think people like the Ace album because it's Ace. I mean, I don't, I don't deny, I don't deny the the quality of the music on the album. But right now, the last time I checked, it was like, you know, sixty eight thirty two in favor of Ace. There's no way to nah, put in comparison. Just, yeah, if you're a fan of Van Halen and you're a guy, you like Eddie Van Halen. If you're a girl, you like David Lee Roth. That's Probably. how I look at it. Okay. Our, our, since most kids fans are guys, I would assume they're going to gravitate towards the crazy fucking drunkard. Yeah. I, I, yeah and I, I think rather right. than the flamboyant, androgynist, you know. Right. But if, and I agree with that, but if you're singer, but if you, but if you're choosing the album on the quality of the music, I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I know everybody's got their own opinion and that's fine. That's why we love kiss. That's why we love having this podcast for discussions and stuff. It just, it just always struck me odd as just the people just like insane, like, Oh, it's just, it's not even close. And yeah. like, it's actually a lot closer than you think. So. Um, I, I well, it's not closer. Ace's uh, Paul's is better. Oh, um, I, I agree. I think me and you are. And I were like, which, which one, which album do you want to pick? I said, I'll take the loss. I'll take Paul. I know he's going to lose, but I think it's a better album. Absolutely. Um, so that was one of the polls. We did a couple other different polls this yeah, week. The, yeah, yeah. The poll earlier in the week. This was another one that we did because we always try to do a Monday poll that's kind of somewhat tied into the episode. Correct. Um, so w- with trivia last week, we kind of it was a little bit more difficult. So what we did was we took a we made a poll question based off one of the trivia questions, which discussed the uh, the lead guitarists in Kiss. Yeah. So we didn't include Ace as an option because we knew that he, that he would get smoked. Yeah, of course. Um, but not surprisingly to me, Bruce Kulick overwhelmingly dominated the poll against Vinny, um, Tommy, and Mark St. John, and uh, the the guys from the guys from Pot of Thunder. Thank you for uh, retweeting our poll. They were great. They retweeted the poll and they said anybody who's voting for Mark St. John is just doing so to be an asshole or some, <laughs> something along those lines. Because yeah. I think Mark St. John got like three or four percent of the vote. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Poor Tommy. It's not. It's bad enough. Like people weren't voting for him. People had to write in there, "Fuck Tommy" or "fucking fake Ace" and whatever. Well, right. And it, and it's kind of. And, and I didn't. I didn't want to get into it with with people online. You know. But 
it's like, okay, the, we're not asking you what you think of Tommy as, you know, the spaceman or, or an ace replacement. We're asking what you think of as, as a lead guitarist. And if you've seen him on this end of the road tour, you know, forget about what he looks like. Use your ears, not your eyes. Open up your ears, jackass. <laughs> Fucking Tommy is, in, I, I'm not going to say he's better than Bruce because Bruce is, I love Bruce, but let's not discredit how amazing Tommy really is as a guitar player. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, we've talked about this before. We, you know, with the fact that Tommy's in there, him and Eric Singer at this point, I think that allows Kiss to continue. So that, that I, I, I love the polls. Uh, we've been putting them on, uh, sharing them, some of the Facebook groups and, you know, we were kind of avoiding those Facebook groups for a while because it can become toxic. It's just the, the over and over just people and the sensitivity. It was continuing again where, like, people, like, you find uh, kisses only from 1974 through 1980, and then it's yeah. uh, 1996 through uh, that's the only kiss. And, like, what the fuck, dude? Relax. Enjoy. You know what? You can like Van Halen with David Lee Roth and Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. You don't have to pick one or the other. Same thing with Kiss. Yeah. So if people are just, what the fuck? So uptight and sensitive about this shit, right? And, and, and you know it's bad when Zeus and myself are calling other people uptight and sensitive. <laughs> yeah, we're getting <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, calm down with your opinion there. Oh, calm down. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, which leads us to other polls, which are going on right now. Um the guy that has the hook rocks, he does a lot of the polls for each band. He, he's gone through already Aerosmith, ACDC, Zeppelin, the Metallica. Yep. So, yeah, now he uh, he was kind enough to, to ask us and reach out, hey, do you mind if I do the one for Kiss? You know, because we had started this when we did the Kiss March Madness, the, uh, the, the uh, Makeup Madness yep. uh, poll that we did for NCAA 64 teams back in March. We yep. will have another one coming out, guys, when uh, that one comes up. It'll be a non-makeup 64 team. But he, he mentioned it to us, and um, we're like, yeah, go ahead. More love to Kiss. We love it. And he's been kind enough to tag us, and the uh, feedback has been great on that. We've seen a lot of the action there. And Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's tough because – the, the reason Zeus and I did the makeup tournament was because, you know, it, like we're a, we're a kiss podcast. The, the hook rocks is, is not a kiss podcast. They're, they're a music podcast. So it was tough for us to come up with 64 songs overall. So we just did makeup and we'll do non makeup next year. He, to his credit, did the it's, it's almost impossible. And he kind of even acknowledged to take just 64 songs from the entire kiss catalog. Um, right now it's, it's, there's a lot of battles out there, man. There's a lot of like, it's crazy. I have to, I have to call bullshit on one of them. He took black diamond and put it up against a million to one right off the bat. I'm like, dude, those yep. are two are probably two of my mountain Rushmore kiss songs. What the fuck you yep. doing? <laughs> are you no, I, I, I know. I mean, it, it, it's crazy because I think, you know, oh, and, and, you know, you know and w w with all due respect to him, it's not again, it's not his fault, but it's tough when you when you're just picking 64 songs, you know, and you know, I mean, we, we love a million to one. But how many people out there that aren't Kiss fans that follow him, you know, they might not be that much of a deep cut fan, you know?
But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But if you're doing a poll like that, you should be. Um, I meaning the fan picking. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's another thing going on. Um, I had a couple other things I want to bring up. Uh, um, so Eddie Money died. Rick Ocasek died. And Paul Stanley put a, a couple nice uh, notes out there online about, you know, you know, God bless, rest in peace, good musicians, uh, you know, to them and their family, you know, God bless or whatever. Um, two band, two guys in our era, right? Eddie Money yep. and uh, in the cars, the cars, because they're from Boston, has a little bit of a thing for me and you. Yep. Just I remember how big that first album was. Yeah, I mean the cars. The cars for me. My first, uh, the very first memory I have of MTV is uh, seeing the, the uh, Shake It Up video. Um, you know, I mean, I love the cars. Tons of great stuff. I love Eddie Money. Tons of great stuff. And you know, I've heard other. Um, you know, we we listen to other podcasts too, and some people have already kind of addressed these uh, these deaths. And they said, you know, it's you don't want to think about it, but all of these guys are getting old. You know, let all- you dig up the albums again and start listening and appreciating good yep. rock music, and then getting pissed because you don't see it now. That the Cars video you might think won the first MTV award for video, and it should have. It was state of the art back then. Oh yeah, at the time, absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah. like, when do rock? When do when do we, we watch videos? And you know, and but yet go to, rock videos. You go to and, YouTube. And I, and, yeah, and even it gave hope to a lot of fucking ugly, dorky guys that they can land a supermodel <laughs> yeah. because they picked up a guitar, right? Yeah. And that exactly. ugly bastard, God rest his soul, yep. could pick up a supermodel um, like his wife. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's true. I thought the cars anyways broke up when that guy Benjamin Orr died. But no. And he was my favorite. Yeah, he was my favorite one anyways. Just yeah. what I needed and drive and let's go. Better songs. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll save that. Look, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so handsome. Um, so, what do you got going on in the Kiss World? So, okay, so we we briefly mentioned the the the, the poll about the Kiss solo albums. So, right, there was, little, there was a little bit of Kiss social media controversy this week, which I want to address. Did, what? So, Peter Chris lose one of his socks. Yeah. So on uh, September eighteenth. Uh, was the date of the release of the Kiss solo albums in 1978. But also on that day, going around the social media circuit, and when I say social media circuit, I'm circuit, I mean, like, res- respect, but I mean, <laughs> not Facebook just, pages, but I don't mean just bozos like us, like people who have some credibility, who who are in maybe, you know, the what music. Calling bozo? Like uh, me and you, bozos. Bozo. Yeah, ogre. Never heard of him. Ogre, you asshole. Never heard of him. Bozo? Bozo the clown? clown? No, man. You hung up on some clown from the 60s, man. (laughs) Is he a clown? He's a clown. I'll give you some Seinfeld trivia if if you don't know. Right. Do you know who that clown is? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's John Favreau. It's a fucking, what's his name? From uh, the the actor, director. Yeah, John uh, Favreau. From Iron Man and a million other movies he's done. John Favreau. Yep. Yeah. So there's your Seinfeld moment. His Rudy's sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so on September 18th, the solo albums came out. There was no dispute with that. But then people, including us, were posting that it was a big day in history because Lick It Up and Crazy Nights was released. Now, right. 
about a, a, a week or so ago, there was controversy online about the release dates of Asylum and Animalize. Apparently, <laughs> they can't get it right in the when these friggin' '80s albums were released. Who cares for the most part? Okay, people just media and shit is not right. It's not correct. And- right. So, so here's the thing. I'm not going to name the name, but there was a certain individual who is connected in the Kiss world who pretty much spent the entire day going after everybody who was celebrating Lick It Up and Crazy Night's birthday on the 18th with like these huge diatribes about how on the eighth day. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. You know, about you know, educate yourself, blah, blah, blah. So me, the little fucking instigator that I am, <laughs> I went on to Kiss's official Twitter page and took you a screenshot. Did, huh? I did. That's I very to, nice. I took a screenshot from the official Kiss Twitter page oh, yeah? on, on September 18th, celebrating the release date of Crazy Nights. I sent it to this individual and I said, so you're saying that the official blue check Kiss Twitter page is wrong. And he says, yes, they get it wrong all the time. <laughs> I said, OK, so another person on on uh, Twitter was posting things, celebrating the release of all these uh, these releases, these albums. And he jumped into their uh, Twitter conversation saying the same thing. And this person also came back and said, Kiss is reporting on their official social media that they're celebrating the release. That's yeah, wrong. They get them wrong all the time. If you really want to know the real release date, you got to buy my book and read the book. Like, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You know what? You know what this guy reminded me of? Have you ever been to like a party or a work event where you got that one guy who has to be right about everything that? Yeah, that- I have a podcast with him. That's true. Hey, you're right. That's right. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good one. Good- <laughs> All right. You have one with him, too. That's true. Yeah, with the two assholes. Yeah, they're never wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Except for when it comes time to keep score of a fucking trivia game. <laughs> you never have that one guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know you. I'm looking at him right now on Skype. <laughs> but, the, but okay. First of all, as funny as that joke is, I'm very impressed with your uh, your fucking little delivery there, tough guy. <laughs> I'm just like, go ahead. But well, no, but 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 you know that guy. Like, it doesn't matter what you say. Like. They'll be, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember, I, you know, when I saw, uh, you know, Star Wars, you know, no, me. Yeah, no, no, you didn't see it. It came out in November. It didn't come out in April. It wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. Right. Maybe it wasn't you. Yeah, maybe it wasn't you. But I'm like, dude, you know what? You spent the entire 18th of September going on social media, correcting people. I look right in your face. That was pretty much him. It wasn't me. But maybe it wasn't you. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't the 18th. <laughs> That's supposed to be a fool, right? So that um, so th- that was yeah. my rant. That was that was my rant about toxic that's social what you media. Get for for stepping into that cesspool of fucking piss and vinegar. Hey, you know, hey, if you're gonna have some piss and vinegar, you might as well have that piss cup ready and handy. I wanted somebody on record telling me that the official Kiss social media outlets were wrong, and they that person and that person did. And he's so. got a blue ribbon next to his fucking room that says. You're a winner. Yeah. You're a social media autocorrector. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, all right. So let's get to some serious news. Ooh. We're, We're not going to talk-, talk about our German housekeeper, Herda? Not yet. Oh. We're going to talk about our what about her? What about her nickname? Not yet. We're going to save that. When do, <laughs> when do we leave that? When do we bring up Herda? 
and, and, and let everybody know on her nickname I used to call her. Thank God she didn't understand what I fucking used to say to her. It's funny that you bring that up because this will segue a little bit. We're never going to get to this episode tonight, but we will. So our one of our one of Zeus and I, one of our good college friends, Lynchy. Yeah, Lynchy met. Yeah, shout out to Lynchy because he's apparently a fan now. <laughs> he sends us a he sends us a message on uh on Facebook Messenger saying you know you know the, the show's hilarious. I like the Stonehill stories. So he goes. <laughs> When are you going to start talking about the German housekeeper? I'm like, oh, you got to go back into our old episodes. <laughs> Heard oh, he remembers all that shit. And then I said to him, dude, it was you, wasn't it? When we saw that fucking Chinese restaurant that you got right, the Schwen God, when the guy hopped over the bar in one jump and started doing kung fu moves to everybody was kung fu fighting. We we're like, what the fuck is oh, this yeah, guy doing? Yeah, yeah. It was Lynchy was with me that time. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, our good friend Lynchy, so he he's a teacher. Yep. Um, I, I'm an attorney. You're in what? In criminal justice, right? Yep. Let's just leave it at that. And um, and we're sitting there still giggling about fucking kissing oh. piss cops and, <laughs> and our German housekeeper. And, and, get, and getting chased by Chinese bartenders. <laughs> yeah, <what the> <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say, guys, is, you know, Laugh a little. Life is doesn't have to be that serious, right? And that's that, that, and that brings us back to Kiss in this serious, somber moment. Go ahead, Tom. Well, no, I, it's it's it's. I mean, we could spend this entire episode just you know, which we will, but just real, you know, we want to bring it back to a little, you know, we got to talk about our buddy Gene and what's going on with him and his and his health. Yeah, and his, yeah, yeah. So you know, um, the Salt Lake City concert from September fourteenth was. Um, well, it was canceled. It was postponed. That that no new date has been scheduled, um, and that was because Gene had some health issues. He said it's not a big deal. It's nothing to worry about. So of course, all you know, all the skepticism now. You know what's going on. You know people are freaking out because you know God for God forgive me for saying this, but you know we were just talking about Eddie Money and Rick Ocasek and how all these stars are getting old. Gene just turned seventy. You know they've been on this tour for uh, you know you know what eight you know seven eight months now so you know yeah. people people are getting nervous and it's interesting because there hasn't been one word about what was wrong with him yeah um i'm assuming it's okay because he's already like set up that he um you know he's got continuing the tour that they're going to do after these stops in the u.s yeah i think if it was going to be anything bigger than that they would postpone indefinitely or something yeah i mean they probably be- just fit figuring you know what We'll be back to the LA region a little bit later. Let's let them, you know, build it up a little bit. Let's take a couple of dates off and we'll come back to it. And it could also be because they, well, they, they also, well, so first of all, they're off until November when they go to Australia. So they the tour have, they also have the cruise coming up. Yeah, that's right too. Yep. So you would also, hear, some, if it was serious, you would hear something about the Kiss Cruise. Well, let's talk a little bit more about some of the other dates that were quote unquote rescheduled because of. They said unforeseen scheduling issues. Okay. And this was announced before Gene's health issues. Yeah. So, I didn't think that had anything to do with ticket sales. They would never do right, that. It on, would look terrible. On. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. So the, so the September 16th show in Oakland has been officially rescheduled to March 6th. And the September 20th show in LA has been rescheduled to March 4th, I believe. So two things. That shows you that they're coming back to the states in March. They're not going to come back to just California in March, right? They're probably I would assume gonna, not, right? But they might come back to do a little bit of a break and then continue on. They're heading back home because they right. both live in Cali, right? Right. 
but when people see unforeseen scheduling issues, like you said, the first thing that popped into people's head was, oh, they're not selling out, which, by the they way, need ace. they need they're ace. Se- they're selling out. Every- they just sold out some place that was like 20,000 people, another place. Every- they're selling out everywhere lately or close yeah. to. So, yeah. you know, you know how the rumor mill are, especially when you get on those toxic kiss groups online <laughs> talking about what's going on. You know? <laughs> Oh, they cancel the concert, whatever. So, oh, yeah. Well, I know. It is what it is, man. Yeah. So that was a busy week in Kiss News for sure. Absolutely. And the one last thing I wanted to bring up, I saw a rumor, but I don't give a shit. I'm not fucking Reuters or Associated Press that I need to worry about. Jesus, that's not verified. I did see a rumor that Ace and his girlfriend broke up. Yeah. And if that's the truth, if anything I hate to say this because, you know, obviously she's a person and so is Ace and you want them both to be happy because we're not evil people. But I think for Kiss, that's a great thing because I think she's a shit stirrer. Yep. And the fact that she uh, and Ace may not be together, better way for Gene and Ace to get back and talk about things and be quick for Ace to throw her on the bus. Go, yeah, I really didn't believe it. Yeah, she wrote those posts. Yeah, I don't think you guys went to have me killed in the Bermuda Triangle, wherever the <laughs> fuck he was talking about. Um, yep. And then get back to maybe talking about playing some shows or do every kiss fucking person's wet dream. Hey, Ace, on the, th- on the leg, on the next tour around, how would you like to open for us? And then come on and join us for a couple songs. You're, and tell Peter, you know, to come on in too for a couple songs. You're still holding on to that fairy tale, aren't you? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. So let's get back to what this episode's supposed to be about. Yep. Kiss box set disc one. Yep. So obviously, as we all know, we probably all have. If you listen to a Kiss podcast, you probably have it. So we're talking about the Kiss box set. There are five discs. Um, we're not going to do the whole box set. They think they'd take too long. And we're going to do like we always do because I am uh, infatuated with lists. I love lists. I think most people do. They find it more fun. I think it's a better way to break down each individual disc and then compare them all at the end to each other because we can't compare the box set to double platinum or to um, greatest kiss or something, for instance. In my opinion, I don't think we can. No, you're right, and and it wouldn't be we, – we want to break down this box set fairly, and you can't – that's why we'd have to do it disc by disc. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. You, can't, you can't do an episode on the box set. I don't think you could. Yeah, and so I'm going to probably take the lead on this one, go through some facts. Tommy's going to jump in with some, uh, some facts as well. Yep. But, you know, the box set was released November 20th, 2001. Do you remember when it came out? I absolutely remember when it came out. I remember hearing that now back in 2001, this was like very like limited, like internet. There was no social Mm -hmm. media. I remember hearing that it was coming out and I remember the day it came out and I bought it the day it came out and I couldn't believe like, oh, I was so excited for it. Me too. Yep. I had just opened up my law practice in September of 2001. Um, I remember vividly where I was when I got it. Uh, I remember looking at the case. I remember the book and being like, holy shit, look yep. at this book. I get to read it all. So what did it come with? It came with the five CDs, 94 tracks, 30 unreleased, the 120-page book. 
And then it came with the track by track commentary, which I think is fucking awesome. I wish some tracks had more comments, but it's great. And this is yep. when the four people were getting along. So they had comments from all of them. Obviously, Gene and a and Peter and Paul, excuse me, had the most commentary, but they had the other ones jumped in. And there were other people that commented in the book about the certain songs. I think that that part was excellent. Now, they did do, because Kiss never does just a standard edition, they did do that limited edition, right? Which was was the guitar case-shaped box. Unlimited number of those were done. Did you even think about buying that? No, no, because when this came out, like, I I had just gotten married. I was living in, like, a small apartment with my wife. I barely had, you know, to come home with this was bad enough because I think the guitar case box that was maybe like twice. Hey, you the got the rent money today, honey? No, I just bought what? that kiss guitar case box set. Wait, what did you just say? Did you say, "Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker," and don't, don't be playing play that, that phone down, down the stairs shit either? Yeah, you conscious. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Farts <laughs> in the middle of the the stairs. Rinks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the um, the you could have got the guitar case. It was actually certified gold in two thousand one. Now there, I know there are um, uh, like different methods to call something gold when it's a, a box set or a double album. So it's not like it's sold the same amount as a regular would. No, I think so. Gold is uh, five hundred thousand copies. So all they needed to do for this was, I think, sell a hundred thousand copies. Because yeah. it was five discs in it, so I, th- I think that's what I think that's what happened. I might be wrong. Um, I also think if, if, if I'm sorry, I might be stepping away from the microphone. Forgive me for that. Um, you can get. I'm looking online while we're talking for like under a couple hundred bucks. You can get the boxed uh, case for like less than a couple hundred bucks on eBay. Yeah, I think the box set is might be out of print. Um, because I'm looking at Amazon right now and it doesn't look like it's like available. Amazon Uh, sucks. And if it does, and if it does, it's like ridiculously priced. But anyways, um, so a a couple of things, cause we always like to go over the, the, you know, the box in the albums and the covers and stuff. Yeah. So the box set itself, the box, um, you know, black box. Yeah, it's like a cigar box. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. The five discs in there. Yep. Um, the case, the book is littered with pictures. You know, this is such a perfect example of why, this is such a perfect example of why physical media is is like essential for collector. I mean, I'm a box set guy. Um, you know, back when CDs were the way to go, I loved box sets. Um it was just a cool way to collect uh, the music by your favorite bands. I had, you know, I have the, obviously the Kiss box set. I have the Zeppelin box set. Um, I have the Police box set. Uh, Steely Dan. I have a ton of box sets, and they all and they all usually come with like rare or unreleased or booklets or information. Um, so if you're if you're a digital person, that's fine. But if you're a if 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 one of your favorite bands has a box set, and Zeus, I know you're a box set guy. I yep. am too. You got it. You got to get the physical media for a box set because you can go on iTunes right now. Yeah. And you can download the box. That's fine. It's not the same. You need this. You need this book. Yeah. And so when you get disc one, you know, the cover 
I believe has a picture of the band playing and it's got Paul in the bandit makeup. Dude, that picture is so badass. Gene's hair is like super fro looking. Looks, you know, and he's got top. like those. <laughs> and he's got like those like spider like stud like pant like the pants look like they have like a spider like made out of like diamonds or something like yeah Paul's got the bandit he's got oh, the bat that, pants on that's what I meant that's yeah. what I meant the bat pants that's what I meant yes yes it just yeah, that's such a the cool. inside yep right awesome. looks like you know they barely have the white face on um, Peter looks like he's gonna throw up I don't know what he's doing there uh, a, I mean Ace and Paul they look so young. They just look so raw, like a like a garage band, which is what they pretty much were. The back uh, of the um, inside yep. packaging looks badass. Hold that up. That's the picture that we used for our Thursday coming soon teaser. I love yep. that picture, except except for Peter's makeup. It looks like a I don't know what the fuck he looks like. There. Yeah, the nose and stuff makes him look like the cowardly lion with this curry. Yeah. That's, that's, what that's a good, like. Yeah, he has like it looks like he has like a snout nose or something. Courage, <laughs> but that band the bandit makeup looks amazing though. It looks so cool. Yeah. Um, and then Gene looks a little badass, but obviously his makeup is a little different. Yeah, not as uh, full and not as detailed. The back of the CD itself yep. has Gene. Uh, yep. In the background. Yep. So, well, that's a thing. Well, we'll get into that. Do we want to get into like the, the details of the entire box set or no? We'll just save that for disc by disc. No, no, we're going to we're going to go over this. So if you look at the, you know, the credits and stuff of the box set at the end of the book, it's interesting. It lists all the members. Yep. But if you've noticed, Tommy's not in the band yet. He's the right. only one that's not listed. Yep. But he's in there. And you know why he's in there? Because project box set coordinator, Tommy Thayer. Yep. He was so integral behind the scenes of this band. Think about the Kissology, the box set. I love him in Kiss. I love his music. I love his guitar playing. But part of me wants to be like, get him out again so he can get Kiss putting out some good shit. Well, and remember, he was the writer, director, and producer of uh, the Second Coming DVD also. Remember that? So, I mean. Good shit. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. Maybe get him out of the band and have him produce some Kissology 4 or something. Yeah, or another box set. Yep. And uh, the the box set is dedicated to the Kiss Army. Yep. Um, editorial and research assistant in the book, in the box set is Ken Sharp, who's done many Kiss books and many a Kiss projects. Yep. Um, some of the photographers that are used in the photographs in the background, the photographs in the book are awesome. Uh, some of them are Lydia Chris's, Ross Halfen, and a bunch of other famous photographers are in there. And then they have one thing that says additional track research, Bruce Kulick. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I, w- I wonder if that I wonder if that's like a, a nice way of saying, shit, we need to ask Bruce because I don't remember this. <laughs> when did we do that fucking terrible song, Time Traveler? <laughs> or or can somebody give me some information on the uh, that those shit songs off Asylum? <laughs> uh, research assistant Mr. Pooney is not available at this time. <laughs> I know. I don't uh, see that. I don't see him in the credits here. Yeah, he didn't make it. No, he's not in there. No. Fucking Asylum. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's the uh, overall information about the box set. Let's get into the tracks, right? shall we? Oh, God. 
Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Jesus. Track one. Here we go. So this demo in Strutter written by Gene and Paul, this is one of the two Eddie Kramer demos yep. that he did for them. Yep. Um, from what do you think? From 1973, recorded at Electric, Electric Lady. Um, I, you know, I like it. I think, I think, it's, I think it's, it's pretty faithful to the original version that made the cut. Um, the guitars are... Uh, a little, I would call like maybe jangly, meaning they're not as like distorted and like kind of ripping as they are on the studio version. But the but the the, the general vibe, um, the the solo is a little bit different. Um, and at the and the song kind of ends with like a little bit of a outro solo. But I think the general vibe of the song is pretty 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 close to what we got on the studio release. Um, yeah, I I found the song to be more raw. Yeah, Jam- they're jamming at the end. Yeah, I and like if you that. notice it's four minutes and 58 seconds on the album. It's three minutes and 12. So yeah. there you go. That was it was that jam at the end, that outro solo, which they, they probably was, but it was more. I felt there was more, you know, stripped down rock and roll. Well, it's, remember, it's also a demo, too. So yeah, the sound that's what good, I mean. Like the sound was free. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Not as uh, pro- produced, I should say. Right. Um, so this is when they came in supposedly and get. Eddie Kramer and they said to him here's 15 songs and they picked out five two of them made it on this box set um and you know in the box set they talk about a few things about the song that it starts off from Gene's Stanley the Parrot that is always such an inside joke with us (laughs) Stanley the Parrot (laughs) no this isn't fucking a uh what's that uh, what's that guy Margaritaville's oh Jimmy Buffett Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett song, Stanley the Parrot. <laughs> this is Gene Simmons. And um, and Paul says, which I didn't even really recall this, I forgot, that the song sounded like he they were strutting along. So let's call it Strutter. Yeah, I, when, uh, th- this sounds like another bit of like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I know more than, than Paul, but it's like I've never heard that like anywhere. 
Yeah. I've, I've always heard that like Strutter, like it was a girl. I mean, he, and he does, he does, he does bring that up about, you know, like, uh, you know, girls and stuff, but I've never heard like, Oh, it sounds like it's the song has like a strut, but I'm like, eh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Peter says in the box set that he always loved the song. It's the, one of the best songs ever written. Okay. That's a little going too far, but you know what I like is the backstory about this is how they got Eddie Kramer. So Paul and Gene yep. were doing some, um, uh, some background vocals at the record company. And because they were doing that, they were owed some money. So they're like, you know what? Don't pay us the money. Get us, get us Eddie Kramer to do some of our, uh, uh, demo tracks and they traded that off and got Ed, the great Eddie uh, Kramer to come in. I know. Imagine that. Uh, it's, Gene already back then was like thinking way more than any musician was. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Oh, so smart. Yep. So smart. Yep. All right. Let's get to the second track. I think you know this one, Tommy. <laughs> So that's the demo version of Deuce. Also uh, part of that, those Eddie Kramer demos from uh, 1973. Um, the huge difference for me here was um, Gene's vocals. Uh, there's no, there's the, that demon growl isn't there. It's more, he's more singing the song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, the, the general, uh, the, the general vibe of groove of the song, it, it's, it's, it's what the finished product ended up becoming. Um 
but yeah, the big thing that stood out for me was Gene's uh, the vocals. He didn't. He wasn't like getting raw. I like that this is uh, Ace's favorite song, and that this is the song that they came into Kiss, and they asked him that when he was trying out, "Hey, jump into this." Yep. And he just started wailing, and that's when the magic came, right? Yep. And uh, it's supposedly taken from "Bitch" from the Stones. And Paul says a song by the Raspberries go all the way. I can hear the bitch part. I didn't really get the go all the way part, but it, it's funny. Right, though. It, it's funny because as I was as yeah, you can definitely feel some of the um, some of the some of the bitch vibe uh, to that. But um, the the thing about the Raspberries. So I, I, I I'm sure you people know who the Raspberries are, but um. When I was reading this, I actually played that song in, in the beginning of the Raspberries. You can kind of feel that that little deuce intro, um, you know, kind of inspiration there for sure. Um, yeah, and um, the other funny part of this is like, think about how this song would go over. Why is it the name of this called Deuce? Gene says, oh, I love it's it. about a guy that really, you know, is working hard and doing all that he can, basically. So he's worth twice as much as the woman. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, those were the early days. You move on and live and learn. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, good luck trying to tell some somebody now that um, you're going to get thrown out by saying, yeah, that's because a man is worth double than a woman is. That's funny because before that, everybody always wondered, like, you know, there were there were stories about, Oh, is a deuce like a friggin' sex act? Like a man is worth a deuce? Is it like a friggin' <laughs> blowjob or something? Well, no, it just means he's worth twice as much as the woman he's with. Yeah, I know. Um, so that's deuce. Yep. Let's get into the next track, an original. How about this one? From 1972, a Paul Stanley song for the band Wicked Lester. So this is one of the Wicked Lester tracks that everybody wanted to get onto an album because the Wicked Lester album never came out. Keep Me Waiting came on. What do you think? Who the fuck asked for that? Nobody did. <laughs> because, I, prob- I did. Probably, I it. probably because they thought it was going to be like Kiss shit, but little did they know it was going to be uh, like fucking... You know, uh, what do we got here? French horns, choir music, like all kinds of like, you know, fucking weird, you know, brass instruments and shit. Just nah. 
whatever. Yeah. Um, so the big thing that I always picked up on this is that the song is basically becomes goodbye. One of my favorite Paul Stanley tracks off his solo album. Right. Yeah. I, you, yeah. You can, you can hear that. Like the, that general, like that, na, 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 na. like you can kind of, you can kind of hear and feel some of that in there for sure. But you know, I, I don't know. Just I don't need to hear this, but I understand why it's on here. I guess some people want to hear that. Okay, so this came out in 1972. This yep. was the one that that guy Ron Johnson produced. This is all the Wicked Lester stuff. He was the chief engineer at Electric Lady Studios. Um, and what do you think about the song in general? Like the actual like f- yeah, I I feel like. This song could have been, you know, with most demos, if you kind of, well, we'll talk about it when we get to the next song too, but I think if you kind of strip some of these down and kind of remove, you know, some of the chaos that's going on around it, because like there's a comment here in the booklet where it says what started off as a basic rock tune was soon inundated with French horns, choirs, and anything else to insult the senses. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, you feel like if you take all that away, you know, maybe turn up the amps, maybe shred the guitar a little bit. Maybe you can turn into something. Yeah. So this is a good time to take a little break. Um, I need to go help up Vinnie Vincent. He's cleaning up the popcorn at the theater. So let me go do that, and I'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. All right, and we're back. And uh, Vinny, great job cleaning up. Uh, your experience really helped you well with that duty there. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> so we come back to this track.
No, that is not the theme to Barney Miller. That is She, Wicked Lester's second track on this from 1972, written by Gene and Steve, the pedophile Cornell. Yeah, no, no. This is what I was talking about with Keep Me Waiting. You know, you listen to this version of She. You and, listen to this. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 then, and then you see what it became on Dress to Kill, and you're like, okay, like that is how a demo progresses into a song because what you got here is you know like flutes flugel horns <laughs> jethro tull and his flute it's like the fucking scene from anchorman when ron burgundy's at the nightclub and he jumps up on the table with his flute like <laughs> i mean th- this version is just woo. i mean you got to give him credit for taking this and turning it into what it became on dress to kill um so i guess you give him credit for the fact that they had a good you know, the base for, for a song that turned into a classic. Yeah. I mean, Paul talked about that. They didn't really want to re-record wicked Lester song, but you know, they did, you know, they were on tour. They needed more songs and things like that. But, you know, it, 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 it does sound a little bit. It, it sounds like they stripped this down later on. I think a producer came in and go, all right, I like the, I, I, I like where you guys are thinking of, but take that shit out. Take that shit out. Take that shit out. <laughs> knock down that Fargan yeah. wall. Knock down that Fargan wall and knock down that Fargan wall. This is Fargan she. <laughs> <laughs> you Fargan cocksuckers. <laughs> but that's what happened, though, because you're right. It, it, like Wicked Lester. I mean, we could briefly real quick. We can kind of talk about the vibe of what Wicked Lester was. They were like a late 60s, early 70s kind of hazy kind of, you know, psychedelic, you know, kind of pop Beatles kind of, you know, kind of. I think of a grimy 70s Serpico um, mean streets, a New York scene with that people in the background, like the opening credits yeah. to like a theme of like yeah, a I 70s mean, movie in New yeah. York City. Yeah, I mean, the, like, I mean, you the, know, like the music was of its time. You know, it wasn't obviously hard rock or rock, but it, but there were there was music like this out there at the time. Yeah. And then they made it a theme into Barney Miller. So Come on, that's a great that f- is she. Um, let's get into the last cut. From the Wicked List Lester parts uh, songs that made it to this album, hit it.
another one where you know you 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 see the you know the finished product and you're like oh ah uh, this is what it came from somebody had a good ear to be like no take this song and do this and this and that with it do 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 it sounds like the partridge family was singing this song the that i mean what the hell dude um and uh, <laughs> you know when you always try to preface something by saying look i don't want this to sound racist go ahead <laughs> and then you- he Presumes to sound racist. Here it comes. It has a very like Asian or Japanese beginning. Ding 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 ding. Like, j- oh, like oh yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah. like rice rice baby. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> was that was that weird Al? It wasn't weird Al, but it was <laughs> a take off. My yeah. dinner's cooking like Connie Chung. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yes, I do. YouTube Rice Rice Baby. Don't do it. Oh, my God. That was great. Yeah, another freaking Barney Miller edition of Kiss. The last track from Wicked Lester in 1972, Love Her All I Can. But you're right, though. It's it's funny how they can take these songs. Like, you you, you look what she became. You look Love Her All I Can. Real quick, I'm just going to go on off on a little mini rant here talking about the, uh, the polls. Some guy online today actually called Lover All I Can a throwaway song, and I almost had a stroke. Um, you know, when we were doing the Hook Rocks, uh, you know, we talked about earlier in the beginning of the episode, when he was doing the, um, you know, the tournament brackets for the Kiss the kiss bracket, and I Lover All I Can was one of the songs, and somebody, somebody goes, oh, yeah, it's a throwaway song. I was like, whoa, my God, that is probably one of the all-time greatest Kiss songs that you just don't hear enough about. Um, and to think that it came from this, Ooh, yikes, this demo version is rough. Rough. Well, I have to add one other comment in here. Thank Go God ahead. we have explicit written on our fucking episodes because these are our fans, Tom. These are our people. Sounds like, yeah, a, I know. It sounds like the Paul preach from crazy nights. Um, <laughs> there were one of the polls. What was the poll? Um, it looked it like the, from, it, uh, was it? Our poll, or is it from the it was our poll? No, and it was the our poll. Goes, was Jesus, with these two, I don't know. It's very close. It's, I, I'm not able to decide. I think so and so wins it by a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, I, I, what do you say? I think this one wins it by a cunt hair. Who you? Who? Who fucking? First of all, who talks like that? And who? Who would type that on Twitter? Who in public profile is like, let me show the world what type of human being I am by putting in the phrase. I guess it's a phrase that even my potty mouth is not familiar with. Have you ever said, oh, geez, I won that by a cunt hair? No, never. And I have and I have a pretty nasty mouth and I've never said that. (laughs) What the? What the fuck is that? What the fuck is this? You texted me a photo of it. You're like, this is our fan. These are our these are our listeners. Yep, we love these it. Are my people, this is my <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, God bless you, whoever that was. God bless you. I had to pick Love Gun over Detroit Rock City by content. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh, God, <laughs> kiss your go. kiss your family with that mouth. Oh. Um. Anyways, that was uh, that's our rant about lover all I can. I don't know yeah. where we went off track there, but we because I started because I because I started talking about how the guy accused it of being a throwaway song today, and I flipped out. Kiss fans, let's get into that's the end of the Wicked Lester stuff. Let's get into this, and we all know the backstory of this song. 
But let's hear the song first. Now, this is when the demos, um, so you have the first two songs, Strutter and Deuce are demos. Those are the Eddie Kramer demos. The rest of these demos that come on that are real demos, not live or anything like that, is from the Bell Sound Studio demos, not Eddie Kramer. Right. So, as we all know, this was the first Kiss song that they did together. And the story goes that this is when uh, Paul was over Steve Cornell's house Oof. and Gene came over and they didn't like each other they had a bad vibe and then oh Paul writes some songs oh you do and Gene I could totally pitch and go oh, yeah why don't you play me something and Paul played Sunday Driver and I know and as we know from Paul just knowing him from the interviews knowing him from his books knowing him from everything you just know inside he was like fucking dick yep <laughs> fucking dick asked me to sing him a song like i didn't know fuck yep. you pretty and much they laugh about it gene's like i don't know i wasn't trying to be an asshole about it arrogant like, hmm, you know some songs play me one and yeah. paul took it as like fuck you <laughs> i think that story's awesome yeah I, li- I like how he i like how he goes yeah my intent wasn't to be confrontational <laughs> oh okay i'm sure it wasn't <laughs> i don't think it was i think gene just doesn't fucking get it sometimes and I think Paul, knowing Paul now, he never. Hey, I got a new song. Oh, yeah? Is it any good? Why don't you play it for me? Oh, yeah? Imagine if fucking he said to Tommy, hey, Tommy, hey, Tommy, I got this great new song. Oh, yeah? Is it really great? Why don't you play it for me? <laughs> he would take that guitar and smash it and be a murder scene of Tommy. He'd be out cleaning up the popcorn with Vinny. Or he'd do one of those, okay, I'll play it for you in a bit. He'd look over to the side. And there'd be a fucking stage handler, like somebody in The Godfather that knows, uh-oh, we got to take him out. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like fucking Watson and walks in the room. You got a cold. You go say you want to get something for that cold? No, I'm yeah. okay. Okay, Polly. I never want to see that fucking prick again. Pretty much. Hold up the old man. And Polly's gone in two seconds. Looking good, fellas. Never thought I'd shut his fucking mouth. They <laughs> 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 could just sit there and look you in the face. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You need a cold? You go get some. Okay, okay, okay. I never want to see that fucking freak again. Yeah. Poor Polly gets it. So, anyways, I don't know where we got off track on the Godfather and fucking Goodfellas. Um, but the cool you know thing what I you- noticed about oh, go this? Ahead. Go ahead. 
I thought the bass line is awesome. It's really defined. You can hear it. Yeah. Right? Boom, boom, yeah. Boom. And then they talked about it in the in the booklet that they do the whole um, clap. Yes. In the middle of the song, which sounds awesome. And like, and you can imagine them doing it live in their concerts in the beginning. Yep. And then you let me know. And yes. then you let me know. Right? Yeah. I think, and I can't remember when, if this is 1973, was anybody doing that famous cliched hair metal stuff where it's just the drummer and the singer? Yeah. Shot through the heart. In your, t- where it's just that. My, fa- my, my, oh, fa- my favorite. You should know no. by now. My it's favorite. My, my favorite is White Snake. Slow, slow and easy. So take me down. Yeah, slow and easy. Yep. I love that. I right? love that. That's where it came from, right? I can't think of an earlier version of that. Yeah. No. You. And probably- then you let me know. Yeah. You're probably right. How fucking. Like I swear, that's probably they invented that. Probably, but they. Never- I'm just claiming that some asshole is gonna be like, "Hey, dickhead, did you know the fucking Johnny fucking Ballbags in the in the cum stains wrote that fucking twenty albums before that, 1968?" Oh, yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll be the same guy that tell you the fucking crazy nights didn't come out on September 18th. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Ballbag in the cum stains. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that part was interesting. I like this version of "Let Me Know." I do too, and I like how they also bring up the part with the um, with the, the 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 guitar at the end that they threw onto uh, to she. You know that little that little outro where Ace goes da na 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 na. Like I picture yep. that. I oh, every time I hear it, I always think of of the live version of she. Right. <laughs> um. I actually don't mind this song, to be honest with you. I like actually the, like the song. I like, like that they go back and forth. Yeah. The and studio it's got a little bit of a nostalgia feeling to it because yeah. it's their first. Yep. Yeah, and they talk bad. about it in Kiss Exposed. Yep. Right? Yeah. It's not bad. Um, now let's go to this famous song, a demo version of 100,000 Years. Let's hear it. It's the one thing that stood out to me for this. I thought was interesting. First of all, the song mostly sounds pretty similar to this to the studio version. But what I liked about this was in the middle of the song, you hear what Paul did in the alive version when he's like, "Do you feel right?" Like, yeah. But he did this on the demo version, so I thought that was kind of I thought that was pretty cool because if I recall, if I recall correctly, that is not on the studio version. No, no. 
So I thought that was kind of cool. But the song, the song itself, first of all, just for the record, I'm not a huge fan of this song to begin with, any version of it. But um, I think the demo, the demo is pretty good. You can see how it turned into what it became. Yeah. I mean, I love the opening verse. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry to have taken yep. so long. It must have. And he talks about being very zeppish. And I do. I can tell there's a little Zeppelin into that song specifically, yes. the lyrics and things like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to see if I can find this, but Peter brags about his drumming. So that's my first heavy metal solo. But I want to read this part. Oh, yeah. By the way, Paul says that the song's about space travel. Honestly, um, uh, this is another thing where I have never heard that anywhere, and I've never even I never even thought of that until I read. He goes, "Yeah, it's a it's a warped song about an intergalactic space traveler." Yeah. To analyze it too deeply leaves me scratching my head, but it's about time travel. What? Which will lead me to write a terrible song many years from now called "I'm a Time Traveler, Baby." Oh, that song's awful. Oh, I um, like it. Anyways. The part I want to read to you is fucking hilarious. Ace, uh, toughest solo for me to play in our show is 100,000 years. I've never done anything close to that as far as style-wise. I don't know where that came from. When I listen to that solo, I go, what was I thinking? I think I was in the ozone somewhere. <laughs> that may be the greatest Ace quote ever. I think I was in the ozone somewhere. What the He's right, though. That, that solo is pretty fucking awesome. I'll give him that. It's a he pretty. It's is, a cool. Imagine if he was straight and out. I don't really. I don't practiced his guitar. How no, incredible honestly, he'd be. That's all no, talent. I disagree. I disagree. I'm glad he was fucked up. That gave us the ace that we needed. I'm yes. telling you. Yes. You don't think if he had some more fucking discipline, how much better and how much more creative and how much shit. Oh, it's it's just a shame. It's so much waste. I feel like Paul when he talks about Ace wasted talent there. What do you? Whoa, whoa, wait a hold on here. Now we got a rant. Go wasted. You talking about Ace Frilly? What was wasted? He could have produced way more songs, way uh, more solo. He could have been in the band longer, created more stuff, no. wrote more so- stuff. He was never. He was never. The fact that he lasted until he did. He was never going to stay longer. Never. That would have never. You happened. don't think he could have been a better guitar player? No. Oh, I do. I I, lo- I, 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 I think no, it could have been a hell of a lot better if he wasn't a fucking mess. No. Anyways. I disagree, but go ahead. You know what? Stop to look to listen, Tom. <sighs> Demo. It's Paul with his first band, Uncle Joe, 
Not to be confused with Uncle Freddy. Uncle Freddy died? <laughs> Paul, a guy named Matt Rail, lead guitar, and Nail Teeman on drums. They didn't even have a bass on this. And Paul says in the book that he's like, well, we didn't have a bassist. I thought we'd just play louder. Okay. Um, you know, it. he talks about not knowing what they were doing back then, and it kind of shows stop look to listen is that proper english that's what the, the thing fuck does that mean that's the thing that sticks out to me too like it's not stop look and listen it's stop look to listen like <laughs> what, what does that mean <laughs> but that being said so I, i'll be the one to stop and look at to listen the questions okay musically speaking it's obviously it's a mess it's a mess but if you take the time and listen to this song I feel like there is something in here that could be turned into something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if you gave this song to like the if, if you if you took this song and and gave it to the full Kiss band with with Gene and Peter uh, and Ace and maybe had a producer, I feel like you could have tried to pull something out of it. But this right here is just a mess. It's, it sounds like like a high school like battle the bands yeah. type thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think that's exactly what it was. It's 1966. Exactly. Right, right. Yep. Um, so. Oh, no. If you thought that was bad, oh, let's hear this one. Whatever the fuck he's saying. Wow, dude. Pico's hairpiece. <laughs> Pico? Lita? Lita, honey? Come to Florida. We miss you. Lita? You, 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 you bastard? Pablo? Lita? Honestly. Keep yourself clean. <laughs> All right. So this is. Go ahead. You want to describe where this mess came no, from? Because if you let me, I'll just keep doing the fucking okay. Pablo honey. So, skit. all right. So this is from 1969. This is from Gene's first band called bullfrog beer. Um, a demo called Lita, which it's just a mess, but that being Gene said, doing his beetle impression, right? This being said, it did come out in 69 and we all know, uh, you know, Gene's background with B 
Beatles influence. And again, this kind of shit was out there back in 69. You know, this kind of like, I don't even know what you would call it, but it's just, it, it's a mess. It, it, I don't know. Gene mentions is a mistake in the second verse. I can't tell because it sounds like the whole fucking song is a mistake. The whole fucking thing's a mistake. What do you, there's a mistake in the second <laughs> verse. I, I don't even think I made it to the second verse. The fuck, dude, Lita. <laughs> Keep yourself clean. Lita, forgive me. I don't even know what he's saying. I just said Lita. <laughs> Anyways, let's go to 1973 and Tommy's favorite song. This one was a demo. Let's hear it. Gene, this is a 1973 demo. Thoughts? Okay, first of all, I, I've i grown to like this song a little bit more, and I think the one thing that did it for me was when we saw them on the end of the road, um, seeing it live, especially that unbelievable solo. Um, just studio, ver- this is one of those songs studio-wise, I'm just not a huge fan of the Hotter Than Hell version. Um, and and th- this demo, it's, it seems it's pretty similar. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. You know, yeah, you know, this sounds like a burp in the beginning. Okay. Did you hear I it? I don't think I heard that. It sounds like a burp in the beginning. Someone's burping in the beginning. Maybe of the he song. did. Well, maybe he did. Um, <laughs> and they said that Peter ends the song, and in concert they would always look to Peter to know when they want to end the song. They would just continue. Yeah. And they looked to Peter, and Peter, Peter would give him a sign of some sort. Yep. And um, you know. That's why I think you hear Peter. Kiss loves you, rock and roll. Oh yeah, that's awesome. He's yeah. screaming his brains out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So you know, that's one of the things that I, I wanted to point out. And the other thing that I wanted to point out is that this is written by Gene and Paul. So was Strutter. So was a um, hundred thousand years. And they make a point that Paul says, 
this is exactly people think that we write together. We wrote separately. Somebody would come in and jump on the other person's song. Yeah. But I think Gene and Paul do that well, whether they're in the same room or they jump on each other's songs. They were obviously look at the classics that are there. I think when they go on their own or use separate writers, they're not as good. Look at these songs. We've mentioned they that. Should, yeah. I, I think we've mentioned that before that a lot of the collaborations in the early like heydays of the of the early of the early band cuz you look later on, you know, that's when kind of shit went off the rails. Not for us. I mean, we love it all, mm-hmm. but you can you can tell the difference between a co-written classic like like some of these like you know, like some of these songs. Yeah, and uh, I I feel like um, this would have, especially the beginning, proves that if they wish they would do uh, more of that stuff. Even now, do a couple songs together instead of fucking, oh, Ace wrote this. Oh, Peter wrote this. Oh, Gene wrote this. Paul wrote this with fucking, you know, Michael Bolton, you know. Yeah, no, you're right. I wish they wrote together. Now, we're going to get to um, the next song which is live this song so they call this one acrobat and acrobat is really love theme from kiss with the second part to it yep and this is a live version it's written by gene and ace and i'm not gonna have i i start i'm gonna play a clip for it but i'm not gonna play the love theme part i'm gonna play a beginning the middle part when it gets into the acrobat part yeah so take a listen So that um, 
that was different. I wrote down that the song sounds like there's a portion of that. I know that they say that do sounds like the Rolling Stone song, bitch. I think there's a beginning to acrobat when it starts picking up and you can hear Peter's drumming. That sounds like bitch. A little bit. Yeah. I also, I, I also get a real or a real early vibe and um, kind of groove of like Detroit Rock City. Like the na 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 na, you know, before it, da, 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 you know, and then the drums, like it, it almost yeah. sounds like there's something, there's like a like a seed of Detroit Rock City in there somewhere. In addition to bitch, I also think there sounds a little bit of the end of Black Diamond. Okay, and right. also a hundred thousand years with the drums. Yeah, you can okay. you can tell you can tell that this entire. I mean, first of all, the love theme from Kiss part it goes on way too long. It's like over yeah. three minutes long of just them repeating that same thing, but which is why they, I cut it out. Yeah. And once they kick into this, you can definitely tell that there's something in there. And um, for anybody out there that has uh, Kissology one, you got to watch the video. It's it's just a young band just kind of killing it. They don't really know what they're doing. You know, they start saying it's like, you know, because you're much too young, you know, all that kind of stuff. Which is a part that Gene had written called too young. Yep. And then it was the producer of the first couple albums, that guy Richie Wise, who yep. – told him hey let's get rid of the vocal part yeah come up with our love theme people are doing things called love theme love it, theme it, from kiss that's so stupid but it's true because in the, in the early 70s there was a lot of instrumental shit that you know with that love theme <laughs> i like it yeah and this was recorded live at the daisy yeah so the, that video that video of, of it on kissology is fucking awesome so cool that's right last of the demos 1973's Firehouse, written by Paul Stanley. Here we go. One more time, please. One more time. Hold on for a slate. Please start. Take two. Good evening. time please yeah i like that i like that i like the real raw 
like recorded version of them rehearsing. Um, I don't like the weak siren at the end. Oh yeah, it sounds like sounds like it ran sounds like it ran out of batteries. Over, pull, pull over. Now we're gonna get in trouble. Um, Paul's um trying to impress in sound of an English band called I think was it the Move the Move Fire Brigade. He said the song sounds nothing like it, but that's what he could remember of the song. And that was what is basically he was trying to make his yep. version of that. Yeah. Call the firehouse because Gene's ass just set the bathroom on fire. Ooh. Ooh. I, li- I like the demo sounds. It, it sounds good. I mean, it's, you know, it sounds like what, what we what the finished product. Well, like a lot of a lot of these demos pretty much were spot on, but, you know, before they got cleaned up for the album. Yeah. And, and they are what they are. Raw editions of demos. the songs that we came to love. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. So next, we're not going to play the tracks because we'll get into those tracks when we do album reviews for those albums. So I'm not going to play the clips from. Right. So the next couple songs are just album tracks. Two from Kiss, the debut album. Nothing to Lose, then Black Diamond. Then four from Harder Than Hell. Harder Than Hell, Strange Ways, Parasite. Going blind. Finally, dressed to kill. Anything for my baby. Ladies in waiting. Rock and roll all night. Thus, the end of disc one from the box set. Yep. Thoughts. Um. Look, when you get when you ha- look, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like I mentioned earlier about box sets. Um. I want. I don't mind an occasional demo. Um, you know, because some of them are, are good for me personally. I don't need to hear songs from the band they were in before they were in kiss. I I know that's a curiosity factor. I get that people want to hear. Um, I I just, I I would have rather have seen, you know, maybe another demo or, or something, you know, I didn't need to hear Lita from bullfrog beer or that's just me. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't mind like some, you know, you know, the, like I said, the demos, I don't mind, you know, as silly as Lover All I Can is, it's kind of cool to see it so that you can see what it became. But, you know, keep me waiting and all that. You know, again, I get it. There are people out there that want to hear that stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you think about a disc being of, of standard studio tracks being mixed in with, you know, demos unreleased? Ooh, like a poll question coming up, which is happens. really what I want to ask. So I. I'm always of the opinion, Judas Priest, for instance, yep. I want to buy their box set. You know, I don't want to track down every album. I'll get the box set. I look, and I don't know if this is true. I know there's a song on there that annoys me, that the box set has a live version of that song that I like. What the fuck? I want mm. the regular, if if 95% of the songs are regular versions, I want the regular versions. Then give me a live version too. Mm-hmm. Don't give me a live version instead of an album version. So this is kind of like the way I look at it is the people buying this, you are you doing a box set so people can be like, hey, I'm gonna buy one KISS greatest hits. I'll buy the box set. So if that's the case, don't throw demos on there. Or are you doing a box set of demos for the obscure stuff for the KISS fans to buy? Because they want all the unreleased shit. So what are we doing here? KISS decided to go with 
I'll give you a little of everything. So it makes it interesting. So let's go like this. And this is what I was thinking about to ask you. So we've got Wicked Lester tracks. We've got demos of classics. And then we have basically a greatest hits package of the first three albums on disc one. So first, let's look at disc one, the songs that are on the tracks that are from the album Kiss. Everything is on this album, either as a demo or a regular track. The regular tracks from the album Kiss are Nothing to Lose and Black Diamond. The ones that are, aren't on disc one, Colgin is not on disc one, but it is a live version on disc two, which is from the Alive, which is a great version. The only two that are not on there are Kissing Time and Love Theme. Would you replace Nothing to Lose or Black Diamond with either of those two? Well, they can they cover the bass with Love Theme by throwing Acrobat in. Yeah. Um, no, no, because and just backing up a little bit to what you said about about when you buy a box set, what do you want? I think Kiss did a nice job personally as as a music fan and as a Kiss fan where they gave you both. Okay, because I know you're not a Steely Dan fan, but I have the Steely Dan box set, and all the all the Steely Dan box set is is I believe it's four discs, and all it is is every single song in order they were released on the album. That's it. There's there's one demo on there. Okay, I have the Police box set, which I love. Similar thing. Okay, the Zeppelin box set is a pretty good mix of you know. There's a couple. Most of it's you know standard studio stuff. I think Kiss did a good job of giving you both. Me personally, like I said, I I and I see what you're saying when you mentioned the Judas Priest thing about will you want to hear a studio song? I mean, would you have preferred Kiss to have done what Steely Dan did and just put the every album in one set? Can't really do that. I don't know. I, I mean, because I mean, we already have that for Kiss. That's but what I mean. If you're buying a, if you're a fan, casual fan, like oh, Kiss has got a lot of good songs. I'll buy something. And then you have the live version of Cold Gin. You're like, I want the regular version of Cold Gin. But I don't. You I don't get m- upset. Yeah, but I don't mind them throwing some. George live is stuff. getting upset. Yeah, I don't mind them throwing live stuff on because uh, you know, Alive and Alive Two, you know, Alive Three Unplugged. You know, we're we not say we're, that though. Yeah, but other I, people are like like same thing with the with the Judas Priest album. Other people are like, you're fucking nuts. That that version's awesome. Okay, but not but, for me. Do you but do you think a casual fan is going to buy a Kiss box set? They might have. And don't then. forget and don't forget when you when you when we bought this it was it was sealed and on the back was the track listing. So it wasn't a mystery of what you were buying. Not you could true. see I, what you were I, buying. So um I think they did so, a good, I think they did a good job. I mean, I'm not I'm not happy with some of the stuff that's on here, but let's steer back. Nothing to lose Black Diamond. I think they made the right choice putting those two on. There's no reason Kissing Time and Love Theme should have been on there. No. No. Cold Gen is already on disc two. Yep. Now you go to Harder Than Hell. You've got Harder Than Hell, Strange Ways, Parasite, Going Blind. The songs from Harder Than Hell that are not on this disc are Got to Choose All the Way, Watching You, Mainline, and Coming Home. Got to Choose and Coming Home are on disc five, the unplugged version. Yep. Watching you's on disc two, the alive version, which is awesome. All the way in mainline. My two favorite songs off that are not on this disc, but I can see that those other four are more popular. Okay, but now you now you get to the good point about a box set. 
put the fucking deep cuts on the box set too. Nobody needs uh, hotter than hell on a fucking box set. But if you, I th- bought a box set, I might as well have all the tracks that I know are popular. I, it's a different philosophy, I guess. Well, that's the thing. It's it's a, it, that's the thing. Kiss is straddling the fence here. Is this box set for people like me and you? Or is this box set for the casual fan? They can't decide, so they didn't really hit the mark either way. Because, like you said, do you all care? The, I do I care? I, I'm going to buy it anyway. No, no, no. But no, no. But if you're going to pose the question, let's talk about what about what they did with it. Right, I think. So what I would think, you have put on there? Me personally, I hate the song "Harder Than Hell." I don't care what version it is. I don't. I don't ever want to see that on any set. So I, I would, would taken out "Going Blind" and "Harder Than Hell" and put all the way "Mainline" in. And left "Strange Ways" and "Parasite" in there. If they were going to throw going blind in, throw it, throw the unplugged version in and then put put mainline and all the way, because here's the thing. When you buy a box set, OK, you're getting a collection of, of songs that span the career. Not everybody knows mainline and all the way. And those are two great deep cuts. Why not put them on here? And it's a Peter deep cut when people might have been like, correct. Oh, correct. wow. That's a pretty good song. Yeah. All right. Yep. Let's go to let's go to dress to kill. Anything for my baby, ladies in waiting, and rock and roll all night is on this. Now, obviously, rock and roll all night, in my opinion, should stay. The songs that aren't on this, um, Room Service, Two Timer, Get Away, Rock Bottom, Come On and Love Me. When I first saw this disc, I'm like, they didn't have Come On and Love Me? That's ridiculous. Then I'm like, oh, it's on disc two, the Alive version, Rock Bottom. On the Alive version on disc two. So the three that aren't is Room Service, Two Timer, and Getaway. What would you replace from anything for my baby, Ladies in Waiting, Rock and Roll Night? Ladies in Waiting. See, I, I like anything for my baby I love. I know the, the chorus is kind of shitty. The song itself I think is really cool. Um, ladies in Waiting, I, I'd li- again, Peter getting friggin' piped on this box set. They don't put Mainline on. They don't put Getaway on. Um, oh, I love Peter. Yeah. But I would have put two timer and room service on instead of anything for my baby and ladies in waiting. And I would have put rock bottom on there too. Um, and I think they would have represented Ace and Peter by just putting getaway in there too. Yep. Right. So yep. that might have been a better choice. Yep. And I don't mind. But, I don't. And I don't mind the live version of Come On and Love Me being on on disc two because you, you, they got to take some of the big cuts off of a live. So that's okay. Yeah, and of course. And I get that. Yep. So those are the songs that are on the best best of or greatest hits portion that yep. we thought we might have fun with to decide what would we change. Let's go to the actual demos and other stuff. Keep me waiting, she and lover all I can. Those are the wicked Lester songs. How would you order them in your as far as your favorite? Well, wow, they're really all bad. Like they they're, they're- uh, so we're talking. Would you say keep me waiting? She lover all. I'd have to put. Oh God, this is. I'd probably put keep me waiting number one, honestly. And I'll be honest with you. This is kind of funny. So lover all I can a demo. I think it's kind of funny because the beginning of lover all I can when you get that 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 intro guitar, and then if you listen to it, and if you if people listen to this, if you haven't heard that that version in a while. When you hear that little dan it, dan it, and then when it kicks in, you hear Paul. He's like, ow, and then it kicks in. And then, and then all of a sudden, you hear like that tambourine going like 100 miles an hour. It turns into like, like you can't really help yourself from like kind of getting into the groove of it. I mean, it's it's not what the finished product was, but I think the demo was actually catchy. 
You can like something, just say it's not a Kiss song. It's okay. No, 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 That's no, what no. I say but, about Peter Chris solo album. You might say, yeah, I actually like that version. It's not a Kiss song, but it's a good version. But I think it's a, I think it's a catchy demo. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. Can't hold a candle to the, so, the studio. So you'd go, keep me waiting, lover all I can, and she. I don't know. Now that I'm talking out loud, maybe I'll put lover all I can first. Okay, I would go the opposite. So I'm okay. going with keep me waiting number one because it's a new song. And it's still okay. It's still kind of different for me, yeah. and I love the song "Goodbye." Okay. And then I would go with "She," because it just does remind me of a '70s movie, cop movie, or something. Oh yeah. In the background do, 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 do. with the, the little with Barney the, Miller when thing. That flute kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> and "Lover I Can" third. Okay. Then okay. we have um, the demo versions. I mean, we don't have to order them, but any of them stick out as your favorite. What's your favorite demo? I mean. I- I'll be honest, mine yeah. is Let Me Know. I thought that's the most fun version. I do I do like that. I tell you what I don't like is I'm not a huge fan of the Deuce demo because yeah. I don't I don't like Gene's Gene's like there's no there's the demon isn't there. He's like, you know, yeah. he's like, get up and get your grand like he's singing the song, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't want to yeah. hear that, you know. You want to hear Bread up. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Then the last is I'm not going to compare Keep Me Waiting because we never, well, actually we can. Keep Me Waiting was a new track we never heard of. Stop, Look to Listen, Lita, and Acrobat. What's your favorite of those four and arrange them? I actually like Acrobat. I mean, it's kind of, it's a little too yeah. long. and it's, a lo- it's long and repetitive, but I like the energy in the song. It's kind of, you can show it's a kick-ass band coming up. Yeah. Um, you know. Keep me waiting. I, I want to believe there's a song in there somewhere. Maybe it is. He came you, out you know, to be goodbye. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're, you're right. Uh, Lita, just come on, dude. That that's just in, that's an, an indulgence by Gene right there. You know. I mean, it's bad enough. So Wicked Lest is not enough. Now you got to go two bands before and tell us what the fuck you were doing. So what do you like better? Stop, look to listen, or Lita? Oh, stop, look to listen. So Acrobat, keep me waiting. Stop, look to listen. Yeah. Lita. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm just going to switch um, Acrobat. I'm going to go with Keep Me Waiting first. Okay. Acrobat live. Stop, look to listen. Then Lita. I mean, how do you, it, it, how, in all seriousness, what do you, how do you feel about, you know, Paul putting stuff in there before he was even in Wicked Lester and Gene that's putting not Paul, st- that's Tommy. These are Tommy's ideas to put that shit. I love it. I love hearing that shit where they came from. Dude, I have fucking shit of, Elvis CDs of unreleased tracks that they still do. This but is Elvis still, sneezing track 28. Right, but it but it's still version. I but still, it's still buy it. But it's still Elvis though. It's still Kiss, a favorite no, artist. I don't care if Gene's farting in a microphone. I told you this before. Kiss is like fucking Star Wars. I don't care if they make a movie no. about RTD2 taking a shit. I will see it. No. I don't care if Kiss puts a CD of fucking Gene burping for an hour. I will buy it. Okay, that argument doesn't make any sense because these it aren't does. Kiss songs. They're they are. So- they're the same artists. It's that guy. Gene is Kiss. Paul is Kiss. They're the people producing this music. No. Yeah. No, they're people that are in a band. That, that it's are the be- same thing. I do want to hear this stuff. I want to hear the original stuff. I'm interested in hearing how they started off. I'm interested in the artist. I'm interested in the guy. Uh, you know, I don't just like Kiss. I actually like Gene Simmons of Kiss. This okay. is Gene Simmons of Kiss. What I would, what I would, what I would have rather seen 
would be to do something separate where they do like the wicked Lester tapes so that you know that you're buying this. And if you want it, you can go and get it, but don't show so in your opinion. Yeah. Instead of having Lita, you would have rather them throw on two timer. Zeus, other than listening to Lita for this episode or for when you first bought this box set, other than to laugh at it, what's why have it on? Because here? I want to hear it. OK, and be like, OK, it's there. That's fine. So okay. wouldn't you rather experience something like that and know it than have Getaway no. on a, another album? No, I don't want to experience something terrible. I do. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But what I uh, 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 I'd uh, rather uh, hear "Stop, Look to Listen" Paul's 1966 song that he did with three friends and hear him like, "Wow, that's what Paul was like back then." Wow, this is what he's thinking. Okay, that's great. I mean, okay, am I gonna fucking sit there and go? Whew, I gotta get ready for this workout. Let me put on stop, look to listen. <laughs> I, I'm no, just saying, but I'm glad I got to hear it. I wish what they did. What I wish they did though was do something individually separate and put like a Wicked Lester, the Lost tapes. I think or something. they would have to go out and get certain rights, certain people to sign off on shit. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Okay, All so right. they put on some stuff that they had. So overall, I love this disc. Yeah, no, I original. I, um, you know, do I, I, it's on my shuffle rotation. I can listen to it all times. I like the demo versions of these songs. It gives me, you know, most of these songs other than the wicked Lester version of the songs are pretty basic and you just hear a different raw version of them. I, I like hearing it. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind this disc either for the most part. It just, a couple of those things are just automatic skips for me, but that's okay. I mean, you know, yeah. okay. Yeah. So that's episode, uh, of disc one. Can't wait to do the rest of them and we'll, uh, you know, we'll do them in order and then we'll uh, start rating them all, compare them to each other. And, yeah. you know, we want to hear what you guys think. So obviously after you hear this review, um, we'll get into the plugs later, but, you know, share that stuff. We want to yeah. hear what's your favorite track. What is embarrassingly bad? What is like, you know, surprisingly good, you know, yeah. things like that. Give us something yep. to discuss rather than, yeah, I like Black Diamond. Yeah, I like rock yeah. and roll all night. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, so that was our topic. And yep. we're on to questions. Yep. All right. So we got a lot to choose from here. So I'm going to try to give some first timers the uh, priority here, not the yep. two timers. Gotcha. All right. So we got a new so we got a new listener. Um he goes by the name of Sean. Hammond and oh, I'm sorry I just lost that okay so he asks if there was no reunion in 96 is kiss done after revenge oh slash cards sla slash carnival of souls no they'd be playing other stuff continue being the band that they are now okay right the way I, I look at them is don't you think of Alice Cooper what he is now Yep. Alice Cooper went through a hair kind of metal stage. Yep. Right? He did. Yeah. And, you know, during the grunge area era, he was around, I'm sure. He didn't disappear, but he obviously wasn't as popular. But once grunge and all that stuff died down, he still was touring, doing his stuff. And now there's a real big thing for Alice Cooper right now. He's got a lot of love out there. Huge. Still right? totally huge. Yep. He didn't really change. 
No, his, his, his here may here's a what may be considered like a controversial take. Um, as much as I loved the reunion, everybody loved the reunion. Great, greatest concert I've ever been to, greatest event I've ever been to. But you got to wonder what would have happened if they release Revenge, they tour, they release Carnival of Souls. It was a finished product. They tour, they keep going, they keep evolving, they keep releasing new music, and. It, they never put the makeup back on, you know, they release, you know, a, an album like Sonic Boom, but have it be not, you know, would that, what would that have been like? You know, could that, could that have happened and how long yeah, could they would have still lasted? There's no way the Kiss Army would have still continued. Okay. I don't think they'd be half as big and half as rich as they are now. No, hell but, no. But they would still have this nostalgia about them. And then maybe they would do, you know. Something down the road where they would be really ending with the last makeup tour. But I'm glad they did went out on the, you know, the reunion tour when they did then. Imagine what the reunion tour would be if they went out now for the first time together. That's what I mean. Oh, right. Right. A disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question. Yeah, that is good. All right. So this one, give yourself a little bit of time on this one here. This is from our buddy Stephen Wright from the Potter Than Hell podcast. Yeah. Um, great, great job. Yeah. Great, great hard rock, heavy metal podcast, not just kiss. They talk tons of kiss, obviously potter than hell. Yeah. Um, good guys on that show. Good stuff. So check them out. If you're not familiar with them. Absolutely. Than hell. So he asks a, uh, a, a, a simple, well, it, it, it looks like a simple question, but it might take you a couple minutes to answer. Pick your worst song sung by each of the original four. So your worst Paul, Gene, Ace, and Peter songs. Oh, man. I, I'd have to go look at my Smashes, Thrashes, and Shit album <laughs> to kind of recall. I think the worst would be, like, are we doing solo albums or not? No, 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 no. Just, just any, just, I mean, he didn't specify, so I guess you can no. kind of look at, you can look at it however you want, I guess. So if we were to say solos are included, obviously I do When You Wish Upon a Star. Yep. Um, Paul's I would do fucking Shandy. Oh God. Um, Ace I would probably do. Um, shit. Um, actually, I I mean I like all of Ace's stuff. Um, I'm in need of love. If I was gonna do that, and then Peter I would probably do. Um. Oh, Hooligan. Oh, are you out of now, your goddamn mind? If I didn't mind. have to include solos, Gene, I would do probably Boomerang. Um, And then Aces, I would probably do um, uh, something off a masked Torpedo okay. Girl. So Okay, so well, I got to back up it. You're telling me that Hooligan is worse than anything on Peter's solo album. Yes. Holy fuck. That's breaking news. That's like a, that's like a CNN alert. <laughs> You're telling me that Easy Thing is better than Hooligan. Uh, yeah. I like Easy Thing is just easy to not like. It's just oh, it's a terrible song, right? Hooligan annoys me and pisses me off. It's so stupid. If I had a nickel, I'd buy some more. Okay, because because it's on the Kiss album, like you can just shit on Peter's solo album. It's over there on the side. No one's fucking bringing it up. Hooligan got put on a Kiss album. 
They're so stupid. Which is hilarious because you love Peter so much. Oh, more. absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and Hooligan is one of my favorite friggin' songs. So what would you pick? Uh, see, because he didn't put any rules into the thing. Right, I don't, I'm going to pick, put you on the spot. What is Paul's worst? If we're including the solo albums, it, it, it's got to be Hold Me, Touch Me. The song is absolutely. Oh, up- shit. I forgot about that. That might have been my pick over Shandy. But go it's ahead. Un- yep. it, it's Let's say you're not including the solos. Now I'm going to make you fuck. Go ahead. Well, I don't want to say, and then I don't want to count. And then she kissed me because that's a cover. But no, no, it's there. It is. Then she kissed me. I'm, I want to say. Wait a minute. Do you think then she kissed me was Gene's idea to put it on there? No, no that's Paul's. No. So but, yeah. But see now, but again, you know, Stephen, you made this question tough for us because what are we? What rules are we supposed to stick with? Because okay, I'm making it up as we go. go okay, ahead. because if that, because if we're just gonna go entire catalog, sorry, Sunny, but I gotta throw like I'm alive on there is like one okay, of the worst. Okay, I'm alive. Great. Okay, so now Gene. Oh, God. I mean, if we're talking solo album, you know, you got to shit on When You Wish Upon a Star. Okay, no, no solo albums. Uh, honestly, this is this is tough because uh, my instinct is to say Boomerang, but I, I just can't get past that We Are One song off of Psycho Circus. I can't get by it. I fucking am going to kill it. Um, I think that's funny. I can't um, Ace. See, I'm on an island here because I think Ace has a lot of shit on his solo album. I would probably say something like Wiped Out or something. You know, <laughs> I like, like Wiped Out. I like it. It's all about drinking. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. I, so then what do you? What about non? N- non-solo for Ace? That's tough because I I, 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 I do like those Unmasked songs. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, you have to pick one of them. I don't I hate anything Ace did in Kiss. Um, I would probably say... I would probably say Torpedo Girl. <laughs> yeah, but I like, but I like that song. It's so fucking dumb. And then for, um, and then for Peter, Peter. Uh, easy thing for if you're including solos, or, or yeah, or like I can't stop the rain. Oh these. my god, that song's awesome. Okay, if we're if if when if we're talking studio non solo, if we're talking non solo, yeah, this might be tough for you because you like the Peter Kiss songs. I do, and and and. Oh, it's probably Dirty Living or the other one from you. Um, oh, Hard Luck Woman or Beth? <laughs> you like you don't. It like would the probably. Solo. It would probably. I mean, it would. Uh, no, I slow. love. I love Dirty Living. I love any everything off Dynasty. Um, uh, it would probably Beth, but uh, Beth is a good baby driver. So- no, I love Baby Driver. Uh, um, Getaway or Mainline I was gonna say. Or- I was gonna say Strange Ways, but I don't want you to kill me. But I like Strange Ways. I, I, guess, I, I guess I'd probably have to. Buddy Chody's got a fucking podcast named Strange Ways. I know. I'd probably have to go with Beth, I think, even though it's kind of a cop. <laughs> Beth is a good song. I don't know. Maybe don't hard, know. hard Cock Woman. I don't know. Steven, that was a good question. We actually could have had an entire episode on that, but thank you for that question. Absolutely. Um, is that it for questions? Yeah, we're just going to do two tonight. Okay, brother. Maybe we'll save an episode for the future and just do mailbag all night. Oh, dirt bag all night. <laughs> so oh, all night. Yeah. People can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are there now. Huh? Um, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You do. <laughs> we're on YouTube. Um, it's just our logo and the episode is in the background playing. Well, not in the background, but it's playing. Yeah. And the only photo is it. We don't tape. We don't put up our uh, 
our uh, Skype online because we edit in songs. I think it would be kind of stupid if we did that and be like, oh, hold on. There's no yeah. songs in this. Um, so uh, you can get a hold of us at our email, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. I can tell you over and over again, we love your emails. Keep them coming. Uh, they're fantastic. Uh, we love the feedback, um, and we'll be sure to get a good one. Next one we have, we'll throw one on there, uh, the next real interesting one. Some of them are pretty good. You just give us ideas and stuff. But, you know, chances are we'll put it up and we'll talk about it if it's uh, something unique. So please feel free to email us. Go online and give us a five-star child review on our iTunes platform. That helps people find our podcast and gets us out to the masses so you just go to itunes you click our, our our icon there and if you scroll down there'll be a part where you can do reviews hit five stars put a put a little message in there love these guys they fucking rock or yeah i fucking i i, I relax myself at night listening to tommy's voice <laughs> i don't know feel free to put whatever you want in there uh, but it is very helpful to us and we do appreciate when you do that um, so thank you for that. Um, the other part that we want to talk about a little bit here tonight, Thomas, talk about our um, affiliation with uh, Pantheon. Yeah, absolutely. So Pantheon podcast family, we've mentioned them before, um, but we, w- we really want to talk about them. Um, we're part of that podcast network. Um, and if you're a music fan, not just hard rock, heavy metal, any genre of music, you're going to find something on Pantheon that's going to keep you entertained. Um, we've talked about some of the rock uh you know, specific ones. Uh, <clears throat> one of the best out there is uh, Martin Popoff, you know, famous, amazing author. Um, his History in Five Songs podcast, um, he picks a, you know, kind of an era of the hard rock, heavy metal, and takes five songs to kind of explain that era. Uh, it's amazing. Rock Candy is another one that I love. Two girls, crazy like Zeus and I. Um, they talk about all different kinds of genres of rock, metal, um, tons of great podcasts. Check them out. You can check them out at Pantheon Podcasts. Um, they, you know, they have Twitter and Facebook as well. <clears throat> and another thing to to uh, what Zeus said too, but we're also a, a review on Pod Chaser too. I don't think you, I don't know if you mentioned Pod Chaser, yep. Zeus. Not this time, but go okay. ahead. Yep. Yep. So Pod Chaser is another outlet too where you can listen to us and uh, rate and review um, podcasts and out there. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. It's a great way out there. We have a lot of our friends are on Podchaser too. Give them some great reviews out there. Yep. Um, you know, and I think that's just another way for us to get out to the masses. Um, and also, you know, feel free to like a lot of those um, uh, podcasts out there. They're friends of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Our buddy Daryl does a lot of the videos for them. Daryl Albers, great guy, does yep. a lot of the marketing, the media for us. So we really appreciate Daryl. And then another thing, and we we didn't mention it last week, but we got to make mention of this Tom this week. Tom is wearing it. I am wearing it. We are wearing what? Our awesome Click Tea Shop t-shirts from our buddy Ed. We didn't plan it, did we? No, we didn't. Nope. I almost wore the same exact shirt. What do you got on? I am wearing the Budokan 77 one, which has... The the uh, the drum riser from the oh. alive from the alive two gatefold with the cats and the flames and the Japanese uh, symbols. That's the one I'm wearing tonight. Yeah, I ordered that. Came in uh, this week. Yep. Um, and but I'm not wearing that. I am wearing our brand new yep. shout it out loudcast T-shirt. Fucking 
awesome. Yes, yep. I'm patting ourselves on the back. Um, it looks great, feels great. I'm super proud of this. Um, and I feel like shouting it from the rooftops because Ed came up with this idea of this logo. He did a fucking awesome job. Uh, the T-shirt looks great. And one of the things that Ed did, and we partnered with him, is you can get our logo, our shirt, all our stuff, and anything else, any of his T-shirt, his designs, anything on a plethora of uh, items on his website. So if you are interested in getting a Shout It Out Loudcast T-shirt, go to Click T-Shop, K-L-I-C-K-T-E-E-S-H-O-P, Click tshop.com you'll see everything there shout it out loudcast some of his awesome limited edition eric Carr shirts that he has out there you'll see all the great fucking what's considered classic now click t-shop uh t-shirts available and then you can put those on everything you can put them on uh uh, beach towels you can put them on uh friggin bottle openers for fucking pajama bottom i don't know you can put it on anything yeah he's been uh ed's ed, ed updated his website and he's been prom- we, we always uh share and retweet his stuff but you know they got a new line of baseball caps that are pretty kick-ass he's got socks he's got you know coffee mugs all kinds of crazy stuff and you can get Stuff with our logo on it. Uh, if you're not familiar, go on there. He's got classic Kiss-inspired logos, uh, different designs that you know only the, uh, the the big Kiss fans would be familiar with. So check him out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Ed, uh, you know, does a fantastic job. Small business owner, right? Yep. Um, Got to support those type of people. He does a quality job. Reward him with your business because I think he's earned it. Um, and then you know what? Uh, go get yourself a shout it out loud cast fucking hat if you'd like um, but all our stuff if anybody's interested go online it's on his website click k-l-i-c-k t-e-e-s-h-o-p dot com click t-shop dot com and uh, check it out I think you'll like it absolutely so, uh, other than that famous last words if I'm thinking everything's all wrong, my girl shakes me, she awakes me, then I really know that I would steal. You got to jump in and say anything for my baby. Oh, no, you were doing a great job. I wanted to hear the rest of it. <laughs> no, I'm done. That's it, baby. Oh. Anyways, here we go. Woo! I'm in love with you don't want the truth because you're much too young you're much too young how's that here we go now you're gonna need to now you're gonna need to get some cough drops for the for the rest of the night now that wasn't very uh satchmo like i don't know if i did a little (laughs) all right i like it it was a little demonish there right okay all right man i thought when the fuck am i ever gonna get an opportunity to put acrobat in the lyrics that is a good point well done well done well so Till next time, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Zeus. Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this uh, special episode of Box Set Disc 1. Till next time, peace out, Girl Scout.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 